Welcome to the Mindcast, Exploring Psychosis. My name is Matt Wilkinson and with me today is Rika Craig. Rika is a mother of one from South London. What does the term psychosis mean to you? Okay, to me personally, the term psychosis means losing touch with reality. It means seeing, feeling, believing, hearing things that are not in tune with what I call in speech mark normal reality, that normal people in speech marks can't hear, see or feel. How many episodes have you experienced? Um, I've experienced three episodes of psychosis. What were the circumstances surrounding your first one? The first episode lasted about, from beginning to end, three months. I've got bipolar type 1. It started, it was there, it, it, it left, I was kind of normal again, I went up again. I came down again, I went up again. It was like a wave. It, it started with um, lack of sleep, going into hypomania, feeling excited, feeling confident, feeling great about myself, thinking I can do anything, then going on to full-blown mania, thinking I can change the world, I'm special, spiritual knowledge just coming to me, having all of these grandiose beliefs, and then completely tipping into what normal people in speech marks would call crazy. And how would you refer to it as? Um, I like to call it alternative reality. That might sound a bit crazy, but to me, it is an alternative reality because in that moment, it feels true. You believe it, so to you, it's true in that moment. So describe what exactly was happening this first time when you've gone into your alternative reality. What was alternative about it? What was happening to you? Okay, um, my psychosis have got lots of different features. Um, I experienced so many different aspects of it. One of it was that I thought that I can write a book, which wasn't really a book, which was just me writing loads of silly things and believing I can hear the divine. So I actually felt as if the divine was speaking through me and I was giving messages to the world about how the divine loves everyone, how everything is going to be good again. And I believed in that moment that I can change the world. And I had perceptional hallucinations as well. I, I saw that certain letters of my writing kind of came towards me. I could see them like flying towards me. And I thought, you know, these are special, a special message to make sure that I give enough emphasis on this particular subject. You're having a vision yeah. in that instance. So you were looking at a screen. Mm-hmm. And you actually felt like the words were coming off the screen, yeah. three-dimensionally coming towards yeah. you, as you would maybe in a cinema with 3D yeah. glasses yeah, on 3D or something. Yeah, 3D glasses, yes, absolutely. Was there a point where you thought to yourself at all, this this isn't right, I, I can't possibly be seeing this, or did it just seem totally normal? Mm, throughout my first psychosis, I, I did have, to a certain element, I did have insight. I knew that I was high. I knew that what I'm going through is could be, you know, psychotic or could be crazy or termed as crazy, but I enjoyed it so much and it felt real, so I decided, I made a conscious decision to believe in it. There was, I had enough inside that there was a part of me who was actually saying, you know, hold on a minute, maybe, maybe this is not right, but I ignored that part and just went with the joy of it. And there were elements in that psychosis where I really did lose complete touch of reality where I really genuinely believed things to be true that I, I can now see are not true but a lot of the time I did have you know a little bit of insight but I decided to ignore the insight and carry on with what I believed was right because it felt good. So you said the first episode took three months correct? Yeah. 
Um, this instance of the words you've typed on the screen coming out at you, mm-hmm. is that something that lasted for three months? Was that just one occasion? No, you see, um, that was just a one-off incident. But in these three months, I had many different experiences of psychosis. Also, losing touch with reality, I saw, I saw um, a picture of myself on Facebook. And out of the picture, I saw Buddha suddenly coming out of it. I saw instead of me, there was Buddha. So that was, you know, one experience of the causes I had. Another one was that I was really frightened of people being able to read my mind. And I had my own theories about it. I, I believed that um, I tapped into a collective consciousness. And that if you are in this heightened state of awareness, because you're tapping into it, other people can access your information too. And I had, you know, these kind of, you know, paranoid feelings that were scary. There were other incidences um, where I thought I'm God, um, which, which is now, you know, quite embarrassing. But it felt beautiful at the time. It felt beautiful. I just felt at peace. I thought, you know, I can change and heal everyone. Were you having a sort of a usual lifestyle in that three month period, as well as having these delusions? Or did delusions take over and that was the only thing that dominated your, your life? I had no normal lifestyle at all. The delusions completely took over. I didn't sleep. I didn't want to sleep. I thought I don't need sleep. I was enjoying writing, being on the internet, talking, texting, and especially writing. I was enjoying writing. I was just writing like crazy. I was on YouTube looking at videos and I saw certain messages for myself. Everything suddenly had meaning. I was on Facebook and I was connecting with other people. You know who actually believed in my delusions were feeding into my delusions. At what time did this all come to ahead? At what time did it change? Did you think, I need to get some help for this? Or was it a friend or a family member that helped you at that point? I felt that I was going high before the psychosis happened. I enjoyed myself. I just, you know, went with a feeling. And within one week, it kind of blew out of control that I was really manic and friends and family were really concerned. I was living in Germany at the time. And one afternoon, I sent off this crazy writing I wrote to everyone on my email list and people became aware that I was unwell. So that evening it knocked on my door. I opened the door, my best friend, her boyfriend and my mum's best friend were standing in front of the door and they were saying, right, you have to come with us now. And yeah, they made me go with them. I had no choice. And I went with them and then the next day they admitted me into psychiatric hospital. And that itself was petrifying because, again, I had one delusion. I thought that the psychiatric services are after me, that they want to lock me up because I've got access to knowledge that they don't want to come out. So therefore, they're taking me in now and will keep me in forever. That it's a conspiracy. I was petrified. I was screaming. I was crying. And the next day, that was in Germany, I discharged myself and they let me go. And I immediately just took my stuff and ran out and went back to to my mum's friend. And because I discharged myself, I thought, okay, there's not that much I can do anymore. And they kind of let me get on with it. But somehow, really quickly, I went up again. I went really high, again, into um, psychotic beliefs. I think I was a little bit irritable as well. And my family were very concerned. So they called the home treatment team. And the home treatment team came to assess me at home and was saying I have to come into hospital. So I went into hospital with them and that moment I really believe I was no danger to myself, I was no danger to anyone else, I was 100% aware, normal. I don't think, you know, I was being psychotic. 
one of the consultants came with a social worker and he asked me questions like if I believe, you know, that I'm an angel. And I was saying, yeah, I believe all of us are angels. I'm an angel, so are you. We all are angels. And these are my normal beliefs. And because I made comments like those, they thought I needed to be sectioned. So he sectioned me. And I was just like, okay. I don't think that was necessary. I was, I felt I was fully there. Maybe a little bit hypomanic, but I didn't feel I was psychotic or needed sectioning. You talked about your delusions and your visions being spiritually based, mm-hmm. and you said, for example, you saw the Buddha in the in your Facebook mm-hmm. photo. Are you a religious person? I'm very spiritual, yes. Do you think that's why you saw those visions, because of your background in that? Well, actually, I wasn't spiritual before, before my psychosis. My psychosis made me spiritual. I wasn't spiritual before. I had, you know, I, I did believe in psychics, but I didn't grow up with any religion. I was completely anti-religion, completely. I knew I believed in something. I believed in love, you know, that everyone should treat their neighbor right. Everyone should be, a, you know, should be a good human being, being kind, being generous, being loving. But that was as far as my religious belief went. Otherwise, I didn't believe in one God. But having this experience definitely made me very, very spiritual. So I, I'm actually very grateful to the first psychosis because to me, it's to me my first psychosis was a spiritual emergency. To me, it wasn't necessarily full. I mean, yeah, of course, in a psychiatric term, it was psychosis, but to me, it was a spiritual emergency. A spiritual awakening. Yeah, spiritual awakening. Yeah, I'm objective enough to to look at it and say it was psychosis. But what I really subjectively believe is that it was a spiritual awakening. Okay. So after the three months. Mm-hmm. Where were you? At home? At hospital? Um, after the three months, I, I was in hospital. Um, my beliefs were definitely back to normal. But because my beliefs are anyway quite crazy to an outsider. Um, but they, they discharged me. And what always happens to me, I find, is um, they'll keep in hospital for too long. If I'm happy and psychotic, I feel good about myself. But once they start detaining you and I feel as if they are in a way, you know, trying to destroy your beliefs, I always come out feeling really low. So I went into a really low period and it took me again a month, two months to rebuild my life. And what I and I'm sure many other people who have gone through psychosis or mania have to deal with is the embarrassment and shame they have caused to themselves and other people obviously knowing about it. So the shame and the embarrassment are also really um, humiliating, very intense. So how did that episode Mm -hmm. compare to subsequent episodes? Okay, the subsequent episodes were not as pleasant anymore. The second one um, again started off with intense engagement in spiritual activities, lots of meditation, lots of chanting. And the second psychosis, what I can remember, where I completely lost insight was I was at my mom's house and I quite literally felt my brain being shaken. It was as if my brain just went upside down in my head. I felt on the I fell on the floor and to the stairs. I was just holding on to the staircase and I was petrified. I didn't know if I have died, if I'm still alive, I didn't know what happened to me. It was this physical sensation in my brain as if I went into a different state of consciousness and then lots of bizarre things happened I can't remember all of them but I knew that I believed I was dying and what I can remember was that I thought I'm never going to see my daughter again and I was screaming her name I was just calling her screaming her name screaming her name 
generally believing this is it, I won't ever see her. And that was quite painful. That was distressing. And then I went out onto the road bare feet. I thought I was running through hell. My mom's friend was there and she was trying to catch me, trying to come after me. And I thought she was a spirit, an evil spirit who was trying to keep me in this dimension. So I think when she took me and held me, I thought she's trying to um, kill me or keep me here. How does it feel mm. sitting here now, reflecting on those moments? Do they seem real? Do they seem like they were a dream? Yeah, it feels like, I don't know, I really find it difficult to, to explain. Um, it feels like watching someone else, just p perceiving someone else. Uh, yeah, it's just devastating. Just knowing that your mind can play such tricks on you and can do these horrible things to you. And you think, oh my God, how can I ever rely on myself again? If my mind did this once, from where do I know that next time it won't do something even more horrendous? When you're going through mm -hmm. a moment like that, is there any bit of you that can remember previous psychotic experiences? Can that provide any reasoning of what you're going through or is that out of the window? No, when I, w I was really into, I call it a psychotic breakdown, what I had the second time. I was so psychotic, there was no insight whatsoever. I, I was so out of it, there definitely was no possibility to have thought about the past or about anything rational. Are there certain triggers for each psychotic episode for you? Well, I, I, rather than calling them triggers, I, I'm aware of my early warning signs. I don't think there are any triggers, but all of the early warning signs are feeling really happy, feeling really confident, feeling good, exercising, overactive interest in spirituality, seeing signs everywhere, feeling in tune with the universe, lack of sleep. These are the early warning signs, but I can't think of triggers as such now. What kind of treatment have you had for the episodes that you've undergone? Well, unfortunately, with psychosis, the only treatment they do in that moment, because you are acute in that moment, is antipsychotics. They're, they don't really offer much more than than psychotics. So they're just, is that, are they injections or are they um, tablets? In hospital, they're usually tablets. And what does it feel like when you're on the medication? Are there any side effects? When I was in hospital, the first time... I think, you know, I was spitting many of them out anywhere, I didn't take them. And as soon as I left hospital, I discontinued taking them. So I didn't have any side effects. But as soon as I came out of the psychosis, I was a changed person. I wasn't myself anymore. I was depressed. I was withdrawn. I was zombified. And I had to carry on taking these medications. So they put me on a CTO, a community treatment order which is a legislation that psychiatrists can impose on you if you have been sectioned, that they make you take medication and they can last they last up to six months and then they, you know, review and extend them. And I was on a community treatment order for a year and I had to take antipsychotics. They gave me injections every two weeks and it was the most horrendous period of my life. I, I was unrecognizable a few months ago. I was a size 16. So I was three stones heavier than I am now. I didn't take any care of myself. I didn't wear nice clothes, no makeup. My hair wasn't a mess. I didn't enjoy communication. I didn't enjoy talking to anyone. I couldn't relate to anyone. I now go clubbing once a week. Back then I couldn't even dance. If I would go out, everything I could do was just moving stiffly. Every bit of exercise was too much. Just walking two minutes down the road was too much for me. It was the most horrendous, horrendous year of my life. 
How long ago was this? I went on to the community treatment order in March 2009, and I think I came off it 2010 April. Do you think it was necessary? Okay, I'm trying to look at it objectively. I can see from a psychiatrist's point of view that they thought yes, it was necessary because I was a revolving door patient in and out of hospital. I was what they like to call non-compliant, which I don't really agree with because I was always very open. I didn't do anything secretly. I openly said I'm going to stop taking my medication. Even in hospital, I admitted, oh, actually, you know what? I haven't been taking my medication. So I can see why they thought it was necessary. But by the time I had my third psychosis, I saw how unwell I was because the third psychosis was really extreme. And I came to a point where I thought, well, actually, maybe I need to take medication. And I would have been very happy to have taken medication on my own behalf. So I think it was a bit unnecess unnecessary. I don't agree with with the decision, but I can see where they come from. But what, what does make me very upset and angry was that everyone was really happy that I was apparently doing so well. Oh yeah, I was out of hospital, I was quiet, I wasn't manic, I wasn't psychotic anymore. Yeah, okay, I was out of hospital, I might have saved the money, but what about myself, my life, my family? My life was destroyed. It was in tatters, I had no hope. I couldn't do anything, my quality of life was disabled. That they didn't see that and were trying to help me, but to, I mean, yeah, they did try to help me, but you know that they couldn't pinpoint that it was maybe the medication and adjusted my medication. That makes me very angry. Not the CTR orders as such, but the injection they put inside myself and the horrendous effects it had on me, and that no one was was able to say, "Oh, actually, this is not her. This is not the way she's supposed to be." That makes me very, very angry. Very angry. Therefore, are you effectively saying that? you prefer to not be on medication and to maybe have another psychotic episode? Would that improve your quality of life in that sense? Mm, well, since I've come off the injection, I am actually taking medication now. I'm taking a mood stabiliser. I'm doing it out of free will. I'm doing it willing, willingly, happy, happily, happily. Um, but you're right. If I would have the choice between a psychotic episode and taking anti-psychotic anti drugs, I'd rather have the psychotic episode than taking drugs that zombify me any day. Even if the psychotic episode is unpleasant, like your second or third one? You see, while I was going through that psychosis, I, I can't even remember very much. I, I can't really relate direct suffering or pain to it. Actually, you know, psychosis can be very exciting. So, yeah, I would choose, I would choose um, a psychosis over of a medication that zombify me. But mind you, if I would go through a psychosis where I think the devil is after me and I'm being, you know, I've got horrible things crawling all over me and having seen blood coming out of my body that are really scary, I probably would choose a medication. I'm not too sure. And how do you feel now? Oh, I feel brilliant. My life is amazing. I feel I have a wonderful quality of life. As soon as I came off these horrendous injections, slowly my life was improving, bit by bit, month by month. And I would say I'm absolutely back to my normal self. I'm, I'm happy, I'm excited. I've got friends, I've got a party, I've got holidays, I've got a really nice family life. Yeah, now life is really, really good. I mean, of course, I've got my good days and my not so good days, but the majority of the time, yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Is it possible that the reason for your life being better now is because the CTO worked? Definitely not. The CTO did not work. Everything it did, it kept me quiet, it kept me zombified, it kept me out of hospital, fair enough, but that's everything it did. It didn't do any good to me whatsoever. What would be your ideal treatment? 
Well, I think the treatment I receive at the moment is quite ideal. I happily take my medication every morning. It works really well for me. It is not an antipsychotic. It's a mood stabilizer. And I, I, I like to believe that I'm a better self-manager now. Because in the past, I kind of enjoyed the excitement of psychosis. I would push my mind towards it. Realizing now how devastating it is, and especially the recovery period afterwards, and the risk of taking antipsychotics again, there is no way I ever want to become that unwell again. So what I do is I self-manage. I, I see myself going up and high and happy. And if I feel I'm just going up too much, I, I do call my care coordinator. She makes an appointment with my psychiatrist. And uh, he now prescribed me some antipsychotics, PRN. And, um, what does PRN mean? PR, oh, God. PR, I don't know what it stands for, but it means you're allowed to take the medication as and when needed. Right. So when I need it, when I feel I need it, I take it myself and I self-manage like that. Are you worried about experiencing psychosis again? No, I'm not worried about it at all. Do you think a fourth episode is inevitable? I believe I can stay alive without another psychosis because I believe I can manage it. I believe I know the early warning signs and the only risk I see is that the early warning signs are so much joy and so much fun that I decide not to do anything about it but having had such horrendous experiences in the past I know at the right time I will put my foot down and will say actually you know hands up I need help please help me you know not to go that far into it again. Does it seem almost that what's happening is you're getting such a, a huge positive feeling beforehand mm-hmm. it's then balanced out by a negative afterwards you'd ideally like to just have the positive and not the negative but of course yeah. going through the positive you're <laughs> mm-hmm. suddenly going this is going to end in an unpleasant feeling i need to deal with it now yes there have been incidences where i thought oh my god you know this, this is going really crazy and what i do i i, I call my um my family members one there's one particular family member that i really trust and i tell him actually you know i'm having such a good time um i don't want to do anything about it but do me a favor please look out for me and if you see that things are going out of control and if i refuse to call for help can you please make sure you call for help on my behalf you've touched on it just there mm-hmm. What do you want from your friends and family when you're going through or you might be about to enter a period of psychosis? How can they help you? They're aware of my early warning signs and I, I want them to look out for me, but I don't even have to tell them to look out for me. They will automatically get really worried, really concerned, become my care coordinator and will start making you know, arrangements or will communicate on my behalf. So it's really for them to look out for me and for them then to step in and to say, you need to see someone, you need to talk to someone, you need to take your medication now, you need to have some sleep, you are a little bit high now. Of course, I don't like it, because in, in that moment I'm having so much fun, but I'm not worried about my family members not being able to look out for me, because they, they will get concerned even before I get concerned. Sure. What effect do you think your psychosis has on them? Oh, I think really horrendous. I, I, I don't think I'm maybe being empathetic enough with them, um, because for me, you know, when I talk about psychosis, to me it's just, I don't know, it was quite fun and exciting. And I don't think I'm empathetic enough to understand how horrendous it was for them. I think it had a huge impact. The worry, the distress, the inconvenience. They had to come and visit me every day for three months. Um, maybe even the embarrassment, the shame, the fear. It's worry to think I might not ever be able to get better again. 
and luckily I can't remember much of the third psychosis but I, it was it was pretty intense and for anyone that loves you to see you in that state must be really traumatic if someone listening right now mm-hmm. has just had experience of a psychotic episode themselves what would you say to them to reassure them about the future for example Okay, what I would like to tell them is that, you know, psychosis has got a lot of stigma and being diagnosed with a mental health issue, huge stigma, it might feel like a bereavement, probably feels really horrendous, you're probably really scared, thinking your life is over, you can't ever achieve anything. I would just say there are so many people who have gone through mental health issues or even psychosis who now lead a very happy, successful life. To understand that always is hope and that you can always get better. I really am a big believer that there is hope for everyone, regardless of where we have come from, what we have gone through. And my advice would also be to find out as much as possible you can about yourself, about your condition, so that you can self-manage. And instead of looking at cases of of um, people not getting better, looking at recovery stories of successful people who have recovered and a successful person might even be someone who was so disabled by by their mental health problem that they couldn't go out for months for months and months so even for a person who's now able to go to groups three times a week that would be a success story to look at you know recovery stories and to become your own best psychiatrist because I believe only we can help ourselves and we can help psychiatrists and mental health services to help us but we're the first people to help ourselves you've proved you can deal with your psychosis and move on now haven't you it's now part of what you do now as a job i'm, I'm working for my mental health trust there's a project called co-creating health so i'm a self-management tutor for people with depression we also have got the very first recovery college in the country and i'm a sessional peer trainer we facilitate courses on mental health issues and assertiveness, introduction to recovery, mindfulness. So I'm doing that. So I think, you know, that, that just shows how you can move beyond mental illness and can really make something out of yourself. Rika, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Matt, for having me. <laughs>